one, breaker one, this is Shark Pants Free Radio. Gamers, get your ears on, because we're blowing the speakers out. Grimdark Live. It is time for Grimdark Live. This show is for the nerds, the outcasts, the weirdos. And for Shark Pants Gamers? No, not you. Ah, crap. Get ready, all you grimdark goons, for dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf. Only right here on Grimdark Live. Let's hit the fucking road! Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, your weekly webcast for all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf in the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and tonight I got Chuck and Justin with me. Fellas, what do you hear? What do you say? Another day, man. This is going to be a going to be a real good week. It is going to be a good week, Chuck. Man, wasabi, bud. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to go. Let's get this rolling. Yeah, man. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about, man. We are the. Uh, we're, we're we're like we're like the grimdark gargant gate smasher people. We 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 broke some pretty uh, pretty beefy news that we're going to be talking about again here on the show. We're going to ride this wave, and if you guys checked it out, uh, our last week little snippet where we kind of broke some of the news that's happening right now and. AOS 3.0, check Mm -hmm. it out. But let's start at the normal way, not the braggadocio way. Uh, Hello, and thanks for joining us on tonight's show. Um, If you like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. Uh, But before we get going, I want to tell, and actually I want to to throw a good shout out, not only to all of our listeners, but especially to our patrons out there. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, We really thank you guys for everything that you guys do to help support our, uh, our goofy little show here. So if you guys are interested in becoming a patron of Grimdark Live, head over to grimdarklive.com and check out how to enter the Nerd Bunker uh, to see what you can do there. Or uh, go over to Patreon and, and look for Grimdark Live. We're the, we're the, we're the good-looking people on that show, on, on that webpage. All right, so here we go, gang. So, uh, Justin. Yes, sir. Chuck. Uh, we, we, we got yes. some stuff to talk about tonight, man. I mean, uh, we're back and, and we're rolling ever closer to Age of Sigmar 3.0. And if you guys out there, if you guys did happen to catch that special news report from last week, we broke the information uh, that is really all about the, the, in, in, in the coming, I'll put it that way, of Age of Sigmar th- uh, 3.0. And we're going to be rehashing on those topics for the upcoming AOS 3.0. And, 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 I do want to throw that out there, uh, we are going to be speaking of the rumors, wants, hopes, wishes, all that other good stuff that we would all like to see in Age of Sigmar 3.0. Because, Chuck, Justin, you guys got some stuff you'd like to see come down the pike with this new game of ours, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes, definitely. Positive changes. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and, and maybe some 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 switch ups. I'd like to see some stuff. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, but I, I'd be honest with you, folks, this wouldn't be uh, a topic if we didn't also speak about how the changes of this coming Age of Sigmar 3.0 will affect our current game. And uh, we're going to talk about that because, I mean, we got some stuff that you heard about, you know, table sizes changing and things like that, some other mechanics that we do know that are definitely coming in. So how is that going to affect our game? We're going to, we're going to discuss that a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I want to give a special shout out to Warhammer Weekly. Uh, Vince and Tom, you know, you guys are awesome. And uh, one day soon, uh, we, we got we to get on each other's shows, man, and, and, and you, know, you know, have some fun. Uh, let's make that happen. And, guys, thank you very much for, uh, uh, for the shout-out and, and the kind words uh, last week on your show. Good stuff, man. Uh, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's get this rolling here, guys. So, so when, we, when we think about this, though, I, I want to I kind of set this up here, guys. We're really going to be talking about the stuff we know about Age of Sigmar 3.0. And then we're going to be talking about what we'd like to see in this new game. 
improvements, mm-hmm. add-ons. But we got to be careful here because as we talk about this, we don't want to get into that. Um, what's the uh, what's the term? The, the proverbial uh, scope creep or, or game creep or what? Chuck, power. what's the word, man? I think you're thinking of power creep. Is that's that, it, right? Yes. Or rules bloat. Rules bloat. Yeah, power creep and rules bloat. Yeah. The, the, what? Hey, folks. What Chuck and Justin said. That. That's 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 what it is. So, but before we uh, we actually get into that, man, we got to ask the question, Chuck, Justin, man, are you staying true? Are you sniffing glue, man? What do we got heading out there? What's what, what do you guys got? What's going on in your hobby? Let's put it that way. Go for well, it. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually over the weekend I played some Adeptus Titanicus, and I know that's not Age of Sigmar related. I know everybody's kind of shaking their head like, what no, I is love going it. on? I love it. Uh, awesome. But it, and uh, just a a quick little show right there this is one of the in scale trains that i i painted up and used some of that citadel glowing technical paint i really like it uh i'm gonna use it for a couple other models and kind of test that out and then behind me here and uh i know this is kind of a 12 to 14 inch tall model but it, this is my glow garg dire gorger he's going to be one of my uh counts as mega gargans once he gets all painted up we're going to use some contrast paint on him and uh make him look fantastic so, that so uh, that's cool. about that's about it on my hobby corner. Um, I did get a couple games of Age of Sigmar in with Sons of Behemoth, and Gatebreakers are awesome. I love the flail attack, but I got to kind of get that uh, objective taking and holding down with them. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a fight back and forth. And if you look at like the top 10 uh, rankings for some of the uh, nas- international tournaments that AOS Shorts put on, right. you'll kind of notice that there's not a lot of representation from the Suns. And well, I'd like to change that. I want to see some top 10 placings or maybe something higher up. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I got to tell you, we got a guy in our gaming group, uh, the Iron Jawed Rat Bastion himself, man, Steve. Uh, that guy is like, I think he's like 14 and 0 with his Suns. I think he runs three gate, oh, wow. gate smashers yeah. or gate breakers, and he runs uh, three of the, the baby giants. Um, gotcha. But oh, so, so here's my question. Is it Sons of Behemoth or how you pronounce it? Which which one is it really? What do you, I mean? What is it? Uh, you know, I just say Behemoth, Sons of Behemoth, S O B. I mean, that can mean other things, but we'll just go with Sons. Oh, no, now you're referring to Justin. <laughs> um, the brothers. I mean, we can call wow. it Sons of Brothers. I mean, because they're all kind of brothers coming out of daddy's mouth. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, Chuck, different show, man. Different show. <laughs> I, I was just sorry. That's okay. Off kilter. Back on task here. Let's go. There you go. All right, but but I do want to say this, folks. Uh, you know, uh, stay tuned. Uh, coming down the pike here on Grimdark Live, uh, we we may or may not be on a different day, uh, starting and spearheading out a 40k show. So a uh, little a little hint hint nudge nudge wink wink Nate say no more. Look behind the uh, the, the curtain for that one to be coming up. Uh, we we might be we might be you know you know we might be bidicial. What do you guys think about that phrase, huh? Hey Chuck Justin, what do you think, man? Just rolling two dice at the same time. That's what that is. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of the other SOB in the room, Justin, what are you doing, man? Are you sniffing glue or staying true, man? What do you got? Uh, I'm staying true. I've got uh, multiple boards in construction right now for the Armed Forces Day Tournament. I'm constructing two full tam- tables, which are themed terrain, one which is going to be an all-force table, which has a large treehouse back there that you can see that's standing well above even my uh, my KO ships that are back there. And then I have 29 or 30 other trees that have to be built for the other side of the table. Um, Very large, heavy forested terrain, and it'll be a very interesting table. The second table is going to be a mass graveyard. 
so mausoleums and roads and all kinds of rickety uh, graves and stuff of that manner. So everybody's bringing out their dead and burying them at the same time. I love that Monty <laughs> Python skit. Bring out nice. your dead. I love yeah. that. <laughs> uh, and then the last thing I've been working on is, of course, my 90 Days of Dwarves, which I've got uh, a short project. Yeah, well, very short project, but I've got about 35 days left or so on it and about 100 models left to do. And then cool. I'm done with that project. Out of 442 models, I'm down to 100. So, hey, uh, hey, hey Chuck, is this SOB over here making us look bad or what? Uh, you know, it, it, more <laughs> power to him. Uh, if he's got that type of commitment, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I am struggling with like one big model at a time and then painting itty bitty tiny trains and he's all, getting 190 dwarves done in like 30 days or something like that. Right. It, it's all batch painting, man. It's all it's the same yeah. repetitive color over and over and over for, you know, X amount of models and then moving on. And then the final thing I got on my table, of course, is my army for Armed Forces Day, which I've finalized my list. Finally, don't give it up, don't give it up yet. Don't give it up. I'm not. I'm not. All I'm going to say is it's 175 wounds in the list. Okay. Nice. That's respectable. So it's a very respectfully large amount of models. Well, I got to tell you, points. I myself am not sniffing glue, man. I have been, uh, I've been working like a madman on the upcoming uh, Armed Forces Day Four that uh, that my two compadres here are, are talking about as well. And uh, folks, we're sold out, uh, both in the 40k side and the the AOS side. Uh, we are completely sold out, and uh, it, it's a great feeling. We're going to be having it at a VFW this year, and we've we've actually uh, we've all grown up and we've moved out of the gaming store. And we're very thankful for the support and the commitment that we have so far with the community. And I want mm -hmm. to touch on a couple of things with the tournament that's going to be coming up. Uh, we do have a waiting list. Uh, I think right now on the Age of Sigmar side, I think we have uh, four, maybe five people on the waiting list now. And on the 40K side, I believe we have five or six. So we right. do have some folks that are out there waiting. We are waiting to see if there's going to be any regulations lifted as far as the COVID and spacing and, you know, how many people you can put in a certain square footage of a room. We do know that the hall that we're going to be at can hold up to 150 people. So we are using less than half of that space right now uh, with, uh, with players and judges. We're able to have 75 capacity. We have 70 players and then five people to kind of, you know, walk mm -hmm. around and take photographs and trip over, you know, Desk, you know, table legs or something, but um, I, we are hoping that we can expand. Uh, that is the the uh, intent, and we're hoping once the new regulations come out, uh, we'll be able to go ahead and, and definitely do that. But you know, I want to thank everybody out there for uh, the support, the feedback, the excitement, the enthusiasm. I got to be honest. In a way, you know, th this is um, running any tournament is never an easy thing to do. Um, they always say for every day of a tournament is about a month w worth of work. I mean, and I'm not even running the largest tournament. Uh, there, there are people out there that have ran tournaments like LVO and Adepticon. You know, I, I don't know what the mm -hmm. hell I'm complaining about. But you know what? I've got great support, and I've got a great gaming club. And I've got a great group of people that have all pitched in and helped out, and I'm really excited for this year, more so than I ever have with any of the other Armed Forces Day tournaments. Um, I'm thankful and, and very happy to have 40K for the first time in the tournament. Uh, that's going to be TO'd by uh, Gary Frank. Uh, many of you guys in the community know that guy. The, the dude is a 40K stud, man. He, he, he knows that game in and out, upside down and sideways. And... Um, I, I couldn't I couldn't think of a better person to TO the 40K. So I know that uh, you 40Kers out there, you're going to have an awesome, awesome experience, and welcome to Armed Forces Day. Welcome to the Armed Forces Day family, and we look forward to next year and the next 100 years of Armed Forces Day coming out. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing, man. I guess I haven't been sniffing too much glue, but I've been uh, I've been trying to uh, get after it. But but uh, good stuff, man. So what do you think, guys? Are we uh, 
Uh, we 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 doing good. We're ready to get get going on the topics. We're definitely ready. Definitely yes. All right, man. Let's get after it. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios are the real terrain nerds you all need to be getting your terrain from. Get your commercial laser-cut MDF bases, silicone molds for resin prints, game and hobby accessories like 15 to 28 millimeter terrain, 15 to 28 millimeter figures, and 15 to 28 millimeter vehicles, and a lot more. Get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's sixsquaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios. Hey gang, today's news is brought to you by Six Squared Studios. Yep, an awesome company for all your gaming and hobby needs. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again, Six Squared Studios. So get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's six-squaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios, where tabletop terrain is made by gamers for gamers. Just like their saying goes, gaming accessories made by gamers for gamers. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Tabletop terrain by expert nerds for exceptional nerds. We got the news, man. Here we go. And uh, before we get rolling with the news, I want to throw this out there. We got the question of the day that's going to be coming up here later on the show. And I want to give all you guys out there a peek behind the curtain. And don't answer it now, but but here it is. Here's the question of the day that we have that's going to be coming up later in the show. And, uh, of course, we're going, to be, uh, we're going to be throwing this question first at Justin. Because why? He's our resident SOB. I think that's what Chuck and I called him earlier in the show, right? We got sons of Behemoth, sons of Behemoth, and then Justin's an SOB. I think that works, right, Chuck? Yeah. Yes, a son of a brother. Yes. <laughs> Good. Uh, thank you. All right. So We're all brothers in this. The, from another mother. Question of the day. Here it is. So, given the results of the Broken Realms, will Teclas have the Lumineth replace the Stormcast as the go-to goodies when the world is in trouble? So there it is. That's the question of the day that's going to be coming up here later on uh, on Grimdark Live. So... All right, guys. So we got uh, we actually got a couple of things in the news that I want to make sure we get at that uh, I think are going to be uh, are going to be good. But we're always going to start with the rumor engine, and here it is. It's a net. Yep, uh, kind of reminds me of the the Kraken Eater Mega Gargant net. Um, there, there's also uh, I guess a net on the Splintered Fang Leader, but uh, but but the one in the rumor is uh, here is looks a little too crude. What do you guys think, man? What are we looking at here? You want me to start with this one, Chuck? Sure, go ahead. All right, so Uh-oh. I'm thinking we're looking at, I have a really, really big suspicion on this one. We're looking at the second picture of the Get Spite Scuddlers, the uh, the, pi- the Sky Pirates. You, you, the Grot Bag. The Grot Bag. Grot Bag. Really? Yeah. I believe this is going to be part of something off of one of their ships. They're going to either have an ability to throw a net and probably reel a ship in like a pirate would. And then the last rumor engine we had was a plow or the, was the, the forward portion of a ship with that one we couldn't kind of place because it looked kind of weird. I think the, those two are the same same exact model, and we're looking at we're looking at our Sky Pirates here, and this is probably the army that's going to be in the AOS 3.0 
Indominus style box. And we have more to come on that, folks, here in a little bit. Now, now, if you heard the show last week, we're not exactly sure. That's our that part is our speculation. We do know that it's going to be a yet to be named Destruction Army. But I'll right. tell you what, Justin, if that really, if you think that really is going to be something with the Grot Bag Scuttlers, I said this back. Now, here's the thing, and, and Chuck, I know I want to get your answer on this too, but I, I, I got to blurt this out before I pop. I said almost a year ago. <laughs> When the rumor of these 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 pirate goblins came out, I said two things. Number one, I'm in like Flynn, man. I am absolutely in. If we're going to get grot bag scuttlers and they're going to be goblin pirates, man, Katie bar the door, throw my wallet at GW, I'm in. The second thing I said was the only thing to make this army better is nobblers because I personally think nobblers really fill the role a lot better. And what are, you, what are you trying to laugh like that for, Chuck? Come on, this is a serious conversation we're trying it to always, have. We're talking it about. always circles round back to nobblers. Oh, I, like, I like that. I like how it circles back around to Stormcast. What are you talking about? Pop me kettle. How do you There's like that, There's always Chuck? chambers to open. Oh, see? G- and you know GW, if you're listening to this, this man needs an entire battle tome dedicated to nobblers. Everything in it. You know what? Uh, you specialty nobbler. I think you need to hire a resident SOB as your talent and marketing specialist for after that remark. Nobblers. That's really the way to go. You could really, you know, the entire company could be based around nobblers. You could have space nobblers. You could have pirate nobblers. You could have <laughs> ogre nobblers. You could have nobblers everywhere. All right. No, I'm back. I'm back. So, um, yeah, I really, I, I'm, I'm totally in. But, Chuck, what are we looking at here, man? What is this net? What's this rumor? Oh. So- so I actually, and I can't find the tweet, but I went back and, uh, you know, I had replied to Warboss Kurgan today or yesterday when this picture first got released, and I thought it was going to be, a, or think, that it's going to be some type of remake of the classic Netter. Um, I don't necessarily know, or uh, I'm not for sure, like Justin is, about having it be a net on a ship. Now, that very well could be that okay. kind of makes sense what if the ship drops in p- throws nets out or um it's an ability to slow an opponent do a minus one to hit I-, I don't know uh like if you fly over something could you toss a net on and then they get a bunch of debuffs or a random debuff uh, that could be very very plausible um but i i'm sort of on the side of them remaking or reinventing the classic netter with possibly squigs into a possible warcry team or a uh one of the other you know sub factions that we that we've seen chuck as level-headed as that answer is i love it mm-hmm. i i love it i mean you know here's here's justin and i spazzing out thinking it's you know grot bag scuttler <laughs> you know you know you know pirate grots which would be awesome but i gotta tell you there's something about it just being a revamp of the netters would just be freaking spectacular. So, and we can we can probably talk about that here in a little bit when we talk about what we want for Age of Sigmar 3.0, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, definitely. It's yeah. yeah it, you know what? This one, I, I don't know why. I mean, I kind of looked at this one a little bit further while while you guys were talking, and I'm kind of looking at the, the the little the ends of the net there, the the kind of the uh, the the ends of the the, the tie down or the, maybe the, the the counterweights, you know, to the net when you throw it out. And um, yes. it, it looks very Destruction-esque to me. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of leave it there. I, 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 I really hope, I'm looking at the knots, you know. I don't know. I'm, I'm really hoping that those are my, uh, my grot bags. That would be, uh, that'd be a lot of fun. But, uh, but, we, but here's what we do know is coming up. We got Cursed City. And uh, 
This one is uh, this is yep. going to go on pre-order uh, this week, as a matter of fact. This is going to go on pre-order this Saturday. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Curse City is the new Warhammer Quest. It's uh, a, a neat cooperative adventure game. I'm sure I'm, I'm you know, preaching to the converted. I'm sure everybody and their brother's uncle already knows about this game. But uh, to me, i got to be honest with you, the game looks awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. with, with very old world kind of a touch, kind of a, an aesthetic to it. I mean, I, I've heard that gameplay-wise that it, it looks a lot closer to uh, Hammer Hall than, than Silver Tower. Uh, and I guess, I guess I've heard that that's, that's a good thing. But um, I like how they kind of touched a little bit on my old Mordheim itch there when I kind of first saw this come out. Um, so I do know that uh, one of the things that I read about, guys, on this Cursed City, which I thought was pretty cool, was there is a, a night versus day or you know daytime versus nighttime type of mechanism that can dictate the the, the game pace um and a, and a large number of the quests i suppose um are going to have uh, varied objectives you know should you know that that depending on what time of day uh, and maybe there's going to be weather in there that i don't know but um it really it really sounds like it could make for uh, a fun and tactical type of a game to play as far as the box games go and what we know that's in the box right now is that we know that there's eight heroes and and 42 enemies or i think they're calling them like hostiles or something like that um the box really has i mean some of the models we've seen are just are just they're just exquisite they're just incredible looking models uh, mm-hmm. I hope they come out separately. Um, uh, also, uh, I think the new Undead are really foreshadowing, as, as, a, as a side note, I think they're foreshadowing the uh, new vampire army for, for Age of Sigmar. I really think that that gave us a good peek behind the curtain as far as what's going to be in the new Soulblight uh, army. Um, so what do you think? Are you guys in? Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm on your boat the other where I'd like to see the models separate from the actual game just because... I wouldn't mind running those heroes as alternate heroes in my armies, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, that everything in that box looks fantastic. Do you think they're? But do you are you are you going in for it? Are you going to buy the box? Is what I'm saying. I probably will. Yeah, most okay. likely. Okay, Chuck, what say you, man? Uh, I want to paint the models, and I have it on pre-order. That's about. That's the end of it. <laughs> you are you are overly responsible. You know what, guys? I'm going to admit something. I'm going to I'm going to admit something right now. I'm so wait, Chuck. So so you already have this on pre-order. Now are yes. you are you intending yeah. on just painting the models, or are you really going to play the game? So I I am a painter first, and then I generally play the game after that. Now I think I can get some of my local guys to play the game with me, at least mess around, do a couple of the quester missions. So. Um, I will paint it, and the plan will be to play it after it's painted. You know, uh, I, do we know the, what what is the price, by the way, Chuck? Uh, it's estimated to be anywhere from about one seventy to two fifteen. Oh, so, you, so um, okay, so you don't know it yet. Okay, so it's, it's on the well, list. I I think there have been like some releases or people talking about it. It's supposed to be around the two hundred dollar price range. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, we'll we'll have That's to see. Bad. I thought it was no. It, it's not that. bad when you're getting that many models. What forty or fifty something? Forty-eight right? models or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean that's what like three fifty a model if it's about two hundred bucks. Yeah, that's yeah. about right. And that's yeah. cheap, kinda. Yeah. Well, and for the sculpts on these models, I mean they're fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean you think about if you if you extrapolate it out to unit sizes of ten or more, where they're charging you, you know, forty to fifty, sixty dollars for a unit yep. of ten. 
that yep. box you're right there you're saving probably hundreds of dollars on what's in that box right and really all they got to do is start releasing some of those hero models in upcoming books and bam you've got a money maker right there well there's rumors to this one that's going to have the black fortress treatment where they're going to have expansions so i mm. wouldn't be surprised if we see new heroes and new monsters and sections that get added to this as well like black fortress had yep so agreed but every single one of those heroes having an a having an aos keyword slash uh rule card to them oh yeah i mean that witch hunter from all the rules i've seen on that witch hunter that witch hunter is devastating and would be nasty in any order list he's put in i love that witch hunter yeah. man i really do you know what it reminds me of do you, do you guys remember that really cheesy uh movie with uh, uh the guy that played wolverine i can't think of his name right now uh, uh Val, van helsing hugh, hugh jackson hugh jackman yeah uh, but Jackman, when yeah. when uh, when when Van Helsing <laughs> oh, came no. out, if you where he was, yeah. that that model reminds me of that character. And uh, I got to tell you, man. I, I he, so here's my philosophy on 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 getting getting involved with these box games in the past. A, I want to say I want to say right now, Curse City is absolutely fantastic. Uh, mm -hmm. It is just an awesome deal. It's an awesome model. And by the way, Chuck, I want to throw this out there. Must contain minis, man. He agrees with you on the chats. Uh, he, <laughs> Must he's, contain he's, minis. <laughs> he's right there with you. He's, I'm liking the look of those undead models. I like Chuck's response about painting it. Yeah, you know, I, I got to agree, man. Chuck is Chuck is actually the responsible one of all three of us. Um, oh, thank so. you. Yeah. That wasn't that wasn't really a compliment. That was you know I was kind of bragging about how much fun I have. I'm kidding. All oh, right. that's right. So, I do drive boy. a lot. Right. So no, here's the uh, so so here's my point on the um, on the box set here. You know, uh, Warcry, Beastgrave, Underworlds. I really got sunk to all of them. And my philosophy now moving forward on these box sets, a folks, buy the hell out of Curse City. Do it. Uh, but my philosophy on box sets now is kind of like that, that friend of yours that has a nice boat. Sometimes it's better to have a, fr a best friend with a boat than actually own the boat. And I, I I'm just going to, I'm going to, you know, come hang out with Chuck and I'm going to play his curse city. Um, because I, I you know, I, I, I get stuck with these box sets games and I don't, they sit on my shelf and they just collect dust and I'm not a painter like Chuck. I paint like, like, like I've always said, like a one-armed drunk that fell off a tilt-a-whirl. And so... <laughs> You know, it's going to look terrible. But you know what's funny is when I when I think about that, right? I mean, I, I, am I wrong? I mean, I, I I can I do the show, I paint terribly, and I play the tabletop version of this game. And uh, so yeah, I'm I'm I, I may just mooch off of you, Chuck. You know what? <laughs> that that's fine. And you know, it, to everybody's you know to give everybody like two cents and a ten can. Here's mine. If you want to hear it, you don't have to. You can just close your ears and hopefully keep the show on. Um, <laughs> not you know, not everybody is able to buy like a $200 box set, right? So if like you guys get a 40K box set and I want to come play at your house, let's do it. If I have Curse City and we go to a tournament on a Friday night, the night before, and you want to play Curse City with me, I'll bring my stuff. Maybe we can play Indominus if you get that, or if I get an expansion set for another uh, game. I mean, that's kind of the nice thing about having a community of gamers is that... Mm -hmm. Your game can be a game that I play when we go to one event and vice versa. Right. Yeah. Right. And, 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 you know, it, it, it's funny when, when I hear people talk like that, and you make a great point, this reminded me of it, when, when you say, like, you know, not everybody has $200 to drop on a box game. Yeah, yeah there's, 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 there's some truth to that. But I also like how, like, the irony of, like, you know, you're going to be really fiscally responsible, but yet pay a crap ton of money for plastic little dollies to push across the table. That always busts me up. No, um, they, because look, look at it this way. Silver Tower was... Yeah. I think what 150 bucks. 
Yep. Uh, Shadow over Hammerhall that came out in like 17, 16, 17, I think, was another 150 bucks. Blackstone mm-hmm. Fortress, which I love the models in that thing, by the way, was 150 bucks. So, yeah, I mean, I could see this thing being a, 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 a tickle and a cup of coffee more than 150 bucks. But, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to go hang out with my friends that bought it. And, and, if, and if the models come out separately, I'm probably definitely in for one, and two, one or two of those. So, but, yep. uh, but yeah, I mean, Curse City, folks, get out there and buy it. But here we go. Here's the news that I really enjoyed. So if you guys have been kind of paying attention here, uh, we got we got Teclis. He he's taking some aims at uh, at Nagash in the next chapter of the Broken Realm saga. And if you guys have been kind of seeing some of the uh, the leaks, I guess uh, it was quite another uh, epic uh, epic brawl there. So in short, Teclis kicked the crap out of Nagash. That that's that's the that's the short five thousand foot view of this story. Uh, killed him. Mm-hmm. He killed him. Uh, and destroyed all of his books, which is, you know, I know that, you know, the Skaven have killed Nagash back in Warmer Fantasy Battles, and, you know, things have happened to him, but his books have never been destroyed, as far as I, as far as I know. So this is Not a big deal. Else. This is a big deal, and I think what this is going to paint out as a, as a side topic, I think what this is going to do for the vampires in the Soulblight uh, battle tome that's coming out, they're finally free of Nagash's grip. You know, that's a huge story piece right there. Because as you guys know, even going all the way back to Warhammer Fantasy Battles, the vamps have always been fighting their weight in Wildcats to try to get out from underneath of Nagash's thumb. And mm-hmm. Teclis comes in and just gives him a Mike Tyson. And next thing you know, now his books are destroyed. So this story is epic. I mean, Nagash himself, uh, you know, the story goes, he, he, he leads uh, his forces into Heish and is confronted by Teclis. Um, he succeeds, uh, you know, in, in crossing into the land. There's a huge fight. Uh, he, he's, he really just wants to destroy Heish, I guess. And during the duel, all of his Nagash's nine books are completely destroyed. Teclis himself though, from what I understand is nearly, um, like, like corrupted or overcome by like death energy when Nagash stabs him with his blade. He doesn't come out of it clean. Yeah, and and so what? And again, I don't know the whole story. I'm just kind of pick bits and pieces of what I picked up reading about it on on right. the on the web. But I guess Teclis somehow harnesses the power of all of his uh, aether quartz to bind, you know, kind of like you know bind Nagash, and uh, then basically all the rest of the the Lumineth Realm Lords come in and just you know you know beat the tar out of him and crumble him down to nothing, and he's finally defeated. So. It's a huge piece. I, I think it was it was definitely newsworthy because a, it kind of brings back to the forefront of what kind of everybody knew. And this is what I like to say a lot of times that you're knowing something and realizing something can be two totally different things, and but mean the same thing in the context of it all. You know, I think we always knew the Teclis was a badass as far as magic is concerned, but now you realize it. I mean, you know, he came in and he literally. I mean, yeah, he 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 took a he took a death blade in the chest. But for the most part, he beat the crap out of Nagash. And for the record, I know that a lot of my death buddies out there don't get mad at me. But you know what? I'm happy it happened. I really am. Because, oh, I still have the scars of 2018 and a portion of 2019 when everybody was playing a death army and everybody had that damn Nagash on the table. I'm glad it happened. Guys, what do you think about all this, man? I wouldn't count them out yet, though. Well, of course not. Of course. I yeah. mean, even even with the freeing of the vampires, that looks like it's coming, and 
yeah, Nagash being turned into basically bone dust at the for the for lack of a better word, right? And his book's gone. It doesn't mean there's not copies of those books somewhere there. It doesn't mean that Nagash's followers aren't going to gather up the bits of him and resurrect him. We don't know. That story yeah. can be is written at a later date. We do know that Teclas is not coming out of this clean, and that might lead to other problems. Well, I, I think I and, think it, it could. It could, but I know it's definitely making for a great storyline. I think this is oh, one of no, the best storylines no, ever come out of Age of Sigmar. Oh yeah, no, these storylines are phenomenal in comparison to to Old Hammer. I mean, Old Hammer, you got when you did get a story wow. that was great, but the stories never really went anywhere. You know, these stories they're dragging you, you know, like you're being pulled behind a a, a horse drawn carriage without a carriage, and you, you don't know where you're going. Sure, but they're but they're they're good to the point where I'm waiting for book three, which I believe is going to be Bellacor. I believe is the name of book I three. I think so. Yeah. And to see what is going to happen with that story arc now that the god of death, as we come to call Big Daddy the Gash, is gone. Yeah. You, you know, and what what hole is that going to open up in the universe for AOS? Well, you know what? There's there's a void right now. You know, something's going to fill. Oh, up. Yeah. But, I mean, Chuck, what do you think, man? Have you been following? Have you been so, following this uh, this portion of the story? You know, a little bit. I just wanted to take a step back because in. In the Lumineth Realm Lords book, mm-hmm. Teclas and Alariol do so, don't they meet in some of the in the historical context before he destroys Nagash, or is that after he kills Nagash? I think it's before. after. Uh, I think it's no, after. well again. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure because I actually, I actually, like okay. I said, I'm picking this up via the leaks. The the last the last time I read that Al- that Alariol and Teclas actually met was after the rebirth of the elves when Alariol went to rebore rebore her forest and then well, got assaulted by Nurgle. So so and here's, then, you're talking about the Realmgate Wars, but here's what I'm saying right now. So, right, so, so, so yeah. regardless of regardless of when it happened, we do know they they met. So Chuck, what was your point? So I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is you know if. If Teclas and Alariel did this, I think Alariel plays a role at some point. Makes sense. After Teclas destroys or kills Nagasher and, and cases him in the, mm-hmm. the stone or what have you. Um, I think that's gonna allude to Alariel either one, possibly in the summer or fall, coming out with a book. Now I don't know if that's gonna be a reborn Sylvaneth book or a um or what have you, but also let's not forget that they just alluded to Kragnos, oh yeah, uh, as well. So, yeah, um, there's a couple players there that we don't know all the backstory for, but we know that Teclas has kind of become the good guy now and is sort of out front and one of our main characters going into third edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a, a lot of a lot of great mm-hmm. stuff coming up on that one, man. But uh, what do you think, guys? Anything else in the news you want to cover? Uh, the only thing I saw was the army deals that were released with the Teclas box, which were the the Broken Realms star collectings, so to speak. Okay. And there are and there are definitely some winners in there. Yeah. Um, namely, yeah. namely the the Gretel Pup Skull Iridian Plague Host. I'm hoping I'm saying that right because you are not saying that right. Yeah, uh, it's. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> but being that it's twenty plague demons. Uh, plague bearers and two heroes you put that on top of a start collecting demon box right. for plague and you got yourself a good 1500 points going in starting or whatever you want to do with right. easy additions well it, it's it's a good it's a good look down the road at what's coming up oh yeah and, yeah and 
And as a side note, I'd like to throw out there that I think the Magakin of Nurgle, being the current, besides Legions of Nagash, being the oldest book that's out there currently in Age of Sigmar, uh, they they still kind of stand rather well. Um, I mean, they, they, they're slow as molasses, but that's a whole nother show. That's a whole nother story. But, um, I, I like what but, they're doing for Nurgle. It, it, it kind of is a, is a pretense of kind of what's going to be coming down the pipe. Yeah. They, they definitely got some love in the techless book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They got some bonuses here and there and make them a little bit more viable. And now they kind of got a leg to stand on for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I'm excited for Nurgle, especially because I mean, look, look what they've already done for, for Zeech and for Slanesh. You know, um, I, I I love what they've already done with those two. So I think I think there's going to be some. And you, and here's the thing, folks. We always know that whenever they do anything for Nurgle, it's huge. So uh, uh, you know, hold on to your shorts, man, because whatever they're going to do to Nurgle, it's it's going to it's going to be it's going to be pretty pretty intense. But uh, all right, man. Well, we're going to be uh, we're going to be rolling with the topic of what's coming up on Age of Sigmar 3.0. public service announcement brought to you by frag factory 3d printing many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes we've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres the crew at frag factory 3d printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup alien landscapes desert wastelands futuristic cities fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. Now, back to the show. Age of Sigmar 3.0. Here we go, man. We are going to be uh, diving into this thing. So we uh, we we lost our little compadre Justin. Uh, he says I can't tell if he either had to use the bathroom, which we think we think he probably had to use the bathroom. He was complaining on break that he had a little bit of a bellyache. I think I think his correct terms were he had a turtle biting cotton, and uh, he, had well, to, it, he had to run and take care of that. Yeah, if you look at the previous video, just about eight minutes ago, he was drinking a green. Uh, highly radioactive drink right. right out of that cup that'll run right Did you through, see that man. yeah yeah that, i, mean, I you know wanna, yeah. you want to talk about painting and, and the porcelain I, and it gives you kidney stones as well so you really got to be safe about what you're drinking i i really advise just drink water your entire life you know yeah that's yeah, and, it and you know folks and for the right remainder of the show until our buddy you know our sob buddy gets back here justin please you know please keep him in your thoughts he's having some really bad diarrhea apparently <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to keep rolling here, Chuck, since Chuck and I don't have yes. diarrhea. All right, so here it is, man. Uh, we got Age of Sigmar 3.0. All right, gamer goons, listen up. Let's let's get started with what we already know about the upcoming uh, Age of Sigmar 3.0. Yep. 
And um, I'm going to say this right now, and I'm going to say it again and again. Uh, this is exclusive information that broke last week, and Grimdark Live brought it to you all first. And uh, if you want to go back and listen to that, uh, or you know, just stay stick around, we're going to go through it all again briefly right now. But this is what we know as a fact that is coming up for Age of Sigmar 3.0. We know that AOS 3.0 is definitely dropping July of 2021. That's a fact. Uh, we know that the table sizes are now 44 by 60, a la 40K and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, we know that that table size, again, 44 by 60, is for 1,500-point games or larger games, okay? Uh, we also know that... Um, we also know that there are also other table sizes for smaller games and even larger games, you know, games over 2,000 points. But at this point in time, we don't know uh, precisely what those new table sizes are. And our source that gave us this information also doesn't know. So that information is still forthcoming. Uh, we also know that there is going to be a new large box set uh, coming out to introduce Age of Sigmar 3.0. And this is going to be in the context of the previously released Indominus set for 40K. Uh, that box set, as you may recall, there was Necrons versus Primaris Marines and Terrain. That's what a lot of people like to forget about, that there was some really you know, nice terrain, as I seem to recall in that one. And we're going to be getting the same thing here with this Age of Sigmar release box for uh, AOS 3.0. So the AOS version will be, and, and this is what we also know as fact here, gang, it's going to be uh, Stormcast Eternals versus a yet-to-be-determined destruction faction. So, uh, now the speculation here uh, on this box set is that the destruction side is going to be an orc of some kind, orcs of some kind. Um, and, you know, Chuck, uh, and I think Justin's now back with us now. But, I uh, am. But I, I got to think, and I want to say this to both of you guys and get your opinion on this, but I got to tell you, I... I think this will be a slight letdown if there's if there's orcs in the box, uh, because I, I think there's already a large portion of the community that would like to see the Stormcast not literally be the flagship army any longer. Number one, and number sure, two, sure. with adding orcs, that I think that's going to fall a little flat, because I, I'm afraid because uh, they're going to be introducing a new version with an older older army, and so I, I think that. Um, for the most part, I, I would like to see them hopefully get into a different destruction army because, as, as our source told us, it's a yet-to-be-named destruction army. So, our speculation, based off of the current lore in the books, like the Karajan Overlords Battle Tome, uh, Beastgrave lore, we think that the destruction armies could be, and Justin, here we go again, man, the Grot Bag Scuttlers, the Pirate Grots, or, mm -hmm. and this one, I gotta tell you, oh, please, just please let this one be true. Uh, the Silent People. Oh, man. Now, think about this here, gang. Think about this. If you don't know what the Silent People are, the Silent People are a migratory race of bug-type beings that were introduced and, and, and talked about in the Beastgrave lore. And think about it. We already have bugs in 40K, Tyranids. Um, so this is our speculation. Uh, we, we obviously don't know what the other yet-to-be-named Destruction Army is going to be, but... We, we think at this point, uh, our, our hope, I guess I should say, is it's either going to be the Grotbag Scuttlers or it's going to be the Silent People. Um, and, and, I'll, and I'll before I throw it to you guys, Chuck and Justin, uh, to me, these destruction races would offer more in terms of gamer enthusiasm, uh, you know, customer enthusiasm, I'm guessing. But these two armies 
you know, or really the, I guess the orcs for that matter, are now, uh, are, are, are expected. We, we think, that's our speculation, but the, we know that the box set is definitely coming out. Okay, so, um, you know, and, and like I said, right now it's still yet to be mentioned Destruction Army against the Stormcast. You know, the Stormcasts are definitely going to be in there, but I would sure love to see a new Destruction Army. But I, I forgot about this too. Uh, there is more in the box set, uh, like the 40K version. The new 3.0 rule book is going to also be in the box, and mm-hmm. the speculation is that 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 the box set is going to be out about a month early, like the Indominus uh, box was. So, but by getting this box set, you're also going to be getting the 3.0 rule book out a month early. So you've got that. And the last part that we know that is exactly happening for Age of Sigmar 3.0 is there's going to be charge reactions. And this in itself is a mechanic that I think a lot of people need to play, pay close attention to. And we're definitely going to be talking about this more in depth here later. But the charge reactions, uh, we know for sure, are going to be part of the game. Now, what we do know in in context of that is that this would have something along the lines of of reaction points, and this is the way it was explained to us. I want to say that outright right now. However, it was not explained if this is going to have its own separate point system or some type of command points. What we do know uh, that that part is for sure, that we are going to be getting uh, a charge reaction. So uh, units are either going to be able to stand and shoot. They're either going to be able to flee. That is happening, and I think that is great. Um, and the last bit of fact is that the books, or the, the, the battle tomes, will remain largely untouched. And the interesting part about this one that I want to kind of throw out there is uh, we had asked our source um, because the points increases to units in 40K when they shrunk the board size down did occur. Uh, and we, we thought about this when we talked about, you know, the, the board size shrinking, the tabletop shrinking. Um, you know, it, it, will this have something to do with, uh, with causing, um, you know, point unit, price, unit, unit points to go up? So we do know that, that uh, indeed, that is, not, uh, that is not the case. So, guys, let's talk about this here, man. What do you guys think about what we broke, what's happening here? with uh, Age of Sigmar 3.0. What are, you, what are your thoughts? I think it's it's been a long time coming. I mean, yeah. we're the the shrinkage of the board, we saw that in the 40K. We saw that it's been a positive thing for a lot of people. Um, it makes the game go a little bit faster. It gets things into combat quicker. The shooting ranges are reduced in a way to where, you know, turn one, you're actually having interact, in, you're having activity or interacting with your opponent versus you know that long drawn out pause that you would normally have um the 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 turn the the charge reactions um i'm glad they're putting that kind of thing back in there Mm -hmm. because it it always seemed kind of a little bit stale and when it came into charging into close combat because it's like okay you charged in you piled in you attacked and there's no reactionary like there is in real life or a real life battlefield yeah and, and I, you, the, you, you know the, the part so. that i like about the charge reaction is it, it does bring the the essence of realism to the game you know and what right. i liked about it and, my, and this is in my imagination here is that when we talk about charge reactions are we talking about what they used to have in warhammer fantasy battles 
where, you know, if, if you failed your charge, maybe part of it was you had to maybe move a portion of it up. You're left in Never Never Land. Or if you make that charge and the unit decides to flee, are you stuck out there in the middle of nowhere? I mean, these right. are really intriguing pieces that I think is going to make the charger think about a little bit. But, I mean, Chuck, what are your thoughts about some of the things that we do know that's definitely happening with Age of Sigmar 3.0? So I, I think that if you go into um, looking at your charge reactions with either some type of uh, pool or points that you need to spend um, initially in those first couple turns when the charges can be so critical and really turn a game around like top of turn one, bottom of turn two, especially if you get double turned, right? it's going to offer a little bit of glimmer of hope that, you know, hey, I can sacrifice one unit or retreat or react this way with another, right. putting my opponent into a bind. Right now, if we look at AOS 2, really we're, we're rolling dice, we're buffing up a charge, and we're saying, okay, I have this 15-inch bubble, and you're going to take it wherever I want it. Mm-hmm. Like Justin was kind of mm-hmm. getting at, you're going to have the opportunity to react to that, whether it's a flee, a shoot, or maybe some type of defensive uh, stance or position you can take. Like, let's say your unit has a shield. Maybe there's a point I burn, and then I automatically get to reroll failed armor saves. And now my opponent's like, well, effing yeah. great. Now they've got a four-up rerollable save. Now what do I do? Now i got to do this to increase my run to counter that. So, I mean, we could be looking at some interesting changes here that apply or give us more strategy into the game as opposed to just bubble charges all over the place. You know I like what, I mean? what you I like what you just said there, Chuck. That that's spot on, man. But I mean, let let's yeah. let's look at the obvious one. Well, you know, we yeah. talk about charges and that's all that's all great. But let's look at the let's look at the obvious one here. The new table size here, gang. 44 by freaking 60. And look, I, look, we, we all know that this was going to happen. This was coming down the pike. The minute, mm-hmm. you know, Age of Sigmar's big brother, 40K, decided that it was going to change up on the on the on the battle boards we knew that we were headed for that at some point in time but i will say as a side note as a rumor that i heard now this is a rumor we did hear that uh games workshop or i heard i don't know where i heard this from somewhere pick it i don't know that um games workshop was considering getting into the table mat business so it would make sense uh, to me that they mm-hmm. would want to shrink and uniform their games down to the same you know 44 sure. by 60 size for production reasons but let's get into the the actual gameplay and what we think is going to happen here with this 44 by 60. i'm going to say this right now and i'm saying this as a beastman player and i'm saying this as an all-around destruction player oh my lovely lordy this is absolutely going to play in big time to destruction armies i mean i think this is going to be really really beneficial for destruction armies you know could you imagine you know the orc war clans with that mad as hell rule you shoot them you know this is good and speaking of shooting <laughs> oh, yeah. and they're yeah, just they're just yeah. trommeling up the board before they charge you and completely ruin your saturday but my here's my other point that i'm trying to make is this really does a lot of balancing for the game when it comes to shooting armies because look at what it did already in 40k when they shrunk right. that board down in eighth edition tau was almost unbeatable but they shrunk the board down, and here it is in ninth edition in 40K. And Tau is one of the bottom tier armies, specifically because, you know, they get maybe one, maybe maybe two rounds of shooting, and then the, the their 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 opponent is on top of them, and they're turning them into jelly. So I think I think what this really is going to do is this is going to do two things. In the immediate sense, it's going to play into hard hitting maneuverable armies, Stonehorns, Orc War Clans, Sons of Behemoth. I think it's going to play into those types of armies. Beasts of Chaos to be able to swarm all over the board. I think there's a lot of benefit there. But I think what's going to what it's going to do in the long run is it's going to offer that balance 
that maybe is lacking in some areas. Now, I, I think there's a lot of balance in Age of Sigmar 2.0 now, but I think there's a, there's an essence here that's going to happen with that new board size. And it's funny. Yeah. It's funny. When, when I was looking at all the comments, uh, when we broke the news, guys, I was looking at all the comments that were being made on this very topic. And, you know, more more of the people were, were trying to speculate on the uh, – the, the destruction army that may or may not be in the, or that will some, some destruction army that's going to be in the, the box set. And like, they weren't really commenting on the board size. And I was like, I would think that the board size would be something you'd want to talk about. So what do you guys right. think about the board size? Well, that board size is going to do a couple of things. It's not only going to make the destruction armies and armies that have ambush and are very fast to get across the table that much quicker, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to end up rewriting the entire terrain section of the rules. Because 40K, well, there's a new rule book coming out. Right, with the 3.0. Because right. when 40K switched its board size, all of its terrain and everything else had to have a rewrite mm-hmm. because of the shorter tr- the shorter distances and everything else. So I think that's going to be one of the major changes we'll see in 3.0 is we're going to see a whole new section to how our terrain works based because of this board size change. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's funny. Grandson of Behemoth just threw out there. Uh, I, I feel like I know that rat bastard from somewhere. Uh, they they want, as he puts it, they want fast and brutal games. And yeah, yeah, that's yep. that's very true. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, um, and I think we got a little bit of taste of that with Warcry, right? I mean, you were, you know, yeah. Warcry was basically roll some dice and get in the middle of the board for a rugby scrum right away. But um, I think I think it's more than that. I think yeah, they want fast and brutal games, sure. But um, I think there's going to be a lot of tactica that's going to be that's going to happen with a this lot more than there is now yeah a lot well, more. i think I, well justin i think there's going to have to be because Though it has to, yeah you know, i you, mean you can't you know let, let's 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 face it i mean you're you're a city of sigmar player and you know you have you put everything out on the board that can possibly shoot in a in a cities of sigmar army i mean you know everyone now got have to have i now have to have protective lines to protect my shooters yeah. or i'm gonna get wiped off the table yeah and, and but it's got so, you thinking now it's got you thinking yep, because exactly yeah um and you know it's funny is when you really think about the whole enchilada of what's going on here we're really not we're only talking about what a uh, four inch by you know four, i mean it's it, we're, we're not really talking about a it, dramatic change it, yeah it's but two it's inches off enough. of the it's two inches off the player's direct long side and one foot off of the yeah the, the end of the table. Which okay, right. now you have a place to put your models and your dice. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, the only thing that tells me that uh, that I think you know because I mean, let's but I think they let's go back to the battle tomes here for a second because I I think I don't I think the I think the board is a neat part that nobody's really talking about, but when they talk about the battle tomes that are not going to be touched, they're going to be still relatively usable in the game. Um, my thought on that is, well, that's kind of the way it is right now with 40k. You know, we're we're getting some new battle tomes, like you know the uh, the the, um, the Death Guard got their new battle tome, and we know that uh, there's other ones coming up. But for the most mm-hmm. part, you know, people are still playing with their old Grey Knights battle tome. That's still happening. So I think that's yeah. going to happen here. What I'm excited for, and we're going to get into this here in a little bit, as far as what we want to see in Age of Sigmar 3.0, is what those battle tomes are going to become. That's really exciting. I mean, Chuck, have you been thinking right. about this? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on, on the battle tomes staying the way they are, and, uh, and, and, and what do you think they're going to morph into? Well, I, to go back to the games, I, sure. not to not do it. You know, expand and go into battle tomes, but as far as uh, the you know, deployment goes and scenarios go, I think we got to keep in mind that we may be having complete rewrites of that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the couple games that I got into with uh, Adeptus Titanicus uh, really showed me that deployment can be all kinds of switched up. I mean, it just doesn't have to be you place a unit, I place a unit. It can go based on unit size, uh, number of models in a regiment uh, or, or unit. Um, it could completely exclude battalion drops in some scenarios. I mean, right. oh. so if we look at, at shortening that battlefield, we may be looking at like, random deployment types in a random scenario for tournaments i mean i don't know where you know it's all going but it we could be looking at just a complete shakeup in the game uh more so than what we have right now yep well that's a good thing right i mean that's kind of what we want yeah. i mean i i let, let's put it this way you know when age of, when age of sigmar first came out with no points uh no real rules a four-page rule book that damn game right. needed a shakeup Yes, and I think we're all pretty happy that that's what it got. And and I'm, you know, it's funny. I know I know we say this every every time a new edition comes out because it's a new shiny, but I'm really excited for this. Like I am literally, really excited for this new edition. Like for real. Yep. Yeah. So, but let's. I want to hear your thoughts on that because you started to make. You know, what are your thoughts on the battle tomes? As far as okay, they're playable now, but anything off the cuff? What would you like to see in the battle tomes coming down the pike? You know, I would like to see uh, a rebalance with some of the point structures that we have currently going in. Um, I okay. feel that some of your older armies that are from like the 2017-18 releases, there's about three to four tomes that are older. Those need uh, adjustments to either have more models on the table to cope with all of the recent benefits mm -hmm. that we've seen with Nurgle, with Lumineth. Um, I mean, it's it is difficult for those uh, armies to even stand up against like Sons of Behemoth, which don't even really have magic in them. Um, and that was released last year. So uh, I do think we need sort of a correction course for those older books. And that's what I would like to see when you know, they re release a new general compendium. Um, can we have a reduction in points or maybe more uh, point efficiencies when we take larger units? All right. I like it. Chuck, yeah. what, I mean, uh, Justin, what about you, man? I kind of agree with Chuck on that. Um, I, I think elite units probably need to be a little more costed in terms of maybe going up in points while battle line units need to drop. Okay. You know, it's a standard sword and board little footman walking around where you're paying, you know, 90 points for 10 models, maybe, maybe drop it 10 points. So they're 80 points for 10 models, you know, and have a, a, a 40 man unit that gets a break or something of that matter. Uh, it, it just it makes more sense that you would field more battle line troops in that situation than you would elite units. Mm -hmm. Maybe a better structure like we used to have where, you know, I know we have it where you only can take four behemoths and you can only take, you know, six heroes and things like that. But there's no other structure other than artillery and those to that kind of situation. Maybe make that structure a little more rigid. And I know okay. they did that in 40K where they made it where you took a battalion or you took a... Uh, a company or something like that, maybe bringing that kind of aspect in might be a way to go. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. And that's something we can discuss later on, but yeah, yeah, we'll definitely, you know, it's, that. it's something I would like to see is a little more, a little more structure into how armies are actually comprised. Well, for me, Anvil of Apotheosis, I want to see oh. that brought into the battle tomes because I think, I think, first of all, I, I think Anvil of Apotheosis is, is a huge, huge success i love it i'm a huge fan of it and i would love to see that taken out of the general's handbook 2020 and put into the individual battle tomes i think mm -hmm. that would be i think that'd be fantastic where you could build your own custom hero again i i think that would 
breed mm. and brood a lot, uh, whatever the word is, uh, a lot more enthusiasm for for different armies and and for the for the players if that anvil of apotheosis mechanic was added into um, the, the battle tomes. I mean, other than that, I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty happy with. Uh, I think I think there's always things in battle tomes you're gonna you're gonna say you don't like or this is and that's and uh, but. Um, I don't really have a big problem with any of the battle tomes right now, other than I mean, if if I had to have a wish list of what mm-hmm. I'd like to see thrown in for for AOS 3.0 when when the new battle tomes do come out, give us Anvil of Apotheosis thrown right in there, man. That would be uh, that'd be awesome. Yes, but yeah, yeah this is uh, this is a good way to keep talking about wish lists, man. Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, Dice and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. 630-243-9330. 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. Hey, you Grimdark goons, thank you so much for joining us on the show. But hey, if you're new to the Grimdark Live experience, please don't forget to subscribe, follow, and like our show. This way you'll always know when it's time for Grimdark Live. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for being back. We love all you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. Also, please recommend us to your friends, as Grimdark Live is a great show to get your nerd on every week. And if you like some after-ear action, give our podcast a listen after the live show. The podcast is typically published a couple of days after the live show. The link to the podcast is in the show notes below. And if you're already listening to our podcast, you rock, man. And if that ain't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. Again, that's grimdarklive.com. All right, now let's get back to the show. Age of Sigmar 3.0. That's uh, we're going to continue talking about that one, and uh, you know we, we we talked about what we definitely know about that's uh, about what's happening, and now we're going to get into a little bit of a speculation. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what we what we think is going to be coming down the pike, what we'd like to see in it. So uh, so gang, let's let's get rolling with this one. So. There's also, I would have to say, a pretty good discussion to be had here on speculations mm-hmm. and wishes for the new edition. I mean, after all, it's going to be here very shortly. I mean, you know, July's right around the corner. So, you know, I think we all need to be ready for, for that for sure. And, and and I think it'd be interesting to discuss what we actually want to see from AOS 3.0. Um, 
I don't know, uh, and I don't think um, many would argue, I guess, is, that Age of Sigmar 2 is perfect. I mean, we, I think we all know that, that it's, it's a game. It's got, it's got its rough points. But um, it, it's certainly very good. I want to say that right now. I think Age of Sigmar 2.0, where the game is right now, I think it's very good. But um, many don't, uh, um, you know, I guess agree what, what some of the problems are. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've heard talk through Age of Sigmar 2.0 that maybe they'd like to see the double turn go away. Um, maybe there's, you know, you know, you know, uh, more defenses because uh, there's very little defenses against shooting. Uh, people have questioned battle shock being properly designed. Um, these are these are good discussion points, I think, when you when you when you listen to the community and kind of what's going on out there with the anticipation of the new AOS 3.0. There's got to be more than what we already know and what Grimdark Live has already broken. There's we know that there's got to be more out there. Personally, I'd like to see Battle Shock reworked. Um, personally, I think that it feels either like a uh, like 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 a non mechanic. You know, you know, kind of like you know, boundless immunities, maybe. It's a, uh, a slap on the wrist. It, well, it's 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 disappointing if your army has bravery reducing abilities, which often feels like wasted points. Yeah. Or it can be uh, too much against elite armies uh, like my ogres that that lack in immunity, but uh, that that have low bravery. You know, I I like to see it become a proper phase that can't be skipped with one ability. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Um, yep. I'd like some type of battle shock rework, uh, but, but it's more balanced, uh, for, for big hordes, I guess is the best way to put it there too. So, so somewhere there, you got to find that middle ground. I'd like to see with, uh, with battle shock, if I could throw that out there, I'm, I'm, there's not really much about the game that bothers me, but that one kind of sticks in, in my, in my craw. What about you, Justin? You're, you're kind of reading off my playbook here. I mean, battle shock is one of my big ones. It, it's there's there's no doesn't feel like there's any reward for actually shocking or, or causing mass damage to your opponent because they can just com- they can throw a single command point with the hero in range and it's gone it's okay. done it's over yeah you know there, there there needs to be a little more of a diminishing returns or or something that makes it so that you can't just say hey stand there you know yeah it, it's a, it's, a- I, 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 it, it, it's a weird mechanic it doesn't feel right when you do 20 wounds to a unit that has, you know, 40 models in it and they throw one CP at it and the unit doesn't break or doesn't, doesn't come, become disordered or something. I, I did kind of yeah. like the way that, and again, I don't want to get into, into, you know, you know, game creep or whatever you guys, you know, rules bloat, whatever you guys said earlier. Right. But uh, I, I did like the way Warhammer Fantasy Battles did it with the, with the, the bravery checks. Uh, but again, that, that can get, that can get pretty complicated. And I do, they, I do know that they want to kind of keep the game a little more, a little more streamlined. Chuck, what about you, man? What, um, what do we think? I mean, what would you like to see uh, changed, or, or what, what's your wish list? First one for Age of Sigmar 3.0. Um, I think we need to look at uh, making sure that armies have equal access to spe- you know special items in uh, the realm. So, like, let's say for instance, an army doesn't have access to a healing item. I think we need better or easier access to something like that for an army that doesn't have normal access to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm just finding that in some games when there's like regenerating abilities that um, go kind of a far above and beyond or further than what the normal does, that there creates like a little bit of imbalance there. Uh, I kind of liked having um, there was a cloak item that uh, allows you to act like a night hunt unit so that you don't have negatives to your armor. Um, 
that's kind of nice to have act you know access to one character uh so i think spamming abilities like that so that right. you're not kind of caught off guard where an entire army is immune to rend or uh an entire army has you know leadership 10 and you have no ability to break a unit because they're so elite um okay so just some bits and bobs like that you so know, that you, sorry go ahead go ahead you just no, reminded me ahead. of something I, when you were talking about regen abilities and all that kind of stuff you know you know it's kind of floated in my mind um yeah. and this is going to make me kind of sound like a big a big narrow-minded ogre here um but a while ago, I heard people talking about, you remember that phrase that was in the community for a while? It was getting thrown around, uh, negative play experience. Yeah. I used to hate that phrase. It was like when somebody would say the word moist. It just made me go, blech. Like what, yeah. you know, you know, yeah. toughen up, buttercup. What are you talking about, negative play experience? You're pushing plastic dollies across the table. You know, but... Then I got to think about what what that really meant, and 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 I was a jerk for thinking that way. So 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 gang gang, I've 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 matured. But when you just brought up about um, regen, I'd also like to see damage becoming less extreme. Now now hear oh, me yeah. out on this. Hear me out yeah. on this. Yeah. I mean, this could be achieved in in the way I think about it in multiple different ways. But oh. so many games now have one unit that completely deletes another unit, and I think damage has scaled itself far more than defense overall. If you really think about the, the game, uh, I'd like mm-hmm. some type of game, uh, you know, where you had a little bit of resiliency towards being completely uh, de- deleted off the, off the table. You know, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, even if you were to take two relatively weak armies, right, as an example, it doesn't have to be like trolls versus, you know, you know, uh, dwarves or something, Dwarden. Uh, but if you take, like, say, two relatively weak armies, you know, every time, you know, a, a, a unit was charged, uh, it died. You know, I mean, even if you take, say, like, say, it's like the, the Heed Knights who, who move fast but don't hit very hard against, say, like, you know, Beasts of Chaos who do the same thing, you know, uh, it, it's, it's almost like every time a unit uh, was charged, it would die. And, and it felt more like the game went, I don't want to say too quickly, but Units didn't really get uh, a time to shine because of the way things were just completely deleted off the board, and right. um, and I'd, and I'd like to see some sort of defensive play, but I'm not really sure about the the best way to go about this. But it it kind of made me think about that when you were talking about um you know uh, regen abilities and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I again I'm not yeah. really sure how to how to define that. But um, so you're you're getting into like one of those commentaries or, or comments about how if a unit becomes overpowered, mm-hmm. like a whack unit, let's say right. Uh, right. when at all costs, this unit does everything that I need it to. Um, but to spread those abilities out over your army. Yeah. So, I mean, you could get to the point where you have like a rule of the rule of one. Right. Well, you can only add one plus one attack to a unit as opposed to stacking three. Or you can only add one plus one mm-hmm. to hit ability and one plus one to wound. I mean, you've got elite units out there that have three attacks, negative two rend, uh, and hit on threes and wound on threes. I mean, there are like Osteoch Bone Reapers, right? Right. Um, they're main infantry, which can have units of, what, 20 or 30, um, and then can all of a sudden get to like 
four attacks, you know, from their base two or three, right. uh, hit on twos, re-roll, and then, like, wound on twos, you know, with or without the re-roll, I don't really remember, mm. but I just remember taking, like, this unit off the table, and I'm like, this is dead. Okay, <laughs> next. And then it was something similar to the effect of eels. Oh, you right. have 15 or 20 eels, or whatever the unit was left, and you buff them up. Oh, that's right. 50 mortal wounds. This unit is pick it up and dead. Okay, and ne- right. your turn, next. Right. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where there's too many mechanics that allow you to stack hit, stack yeah. attack, stack wound. I mean, as long as the name of the item is different, you can have three sorcerers popping into one unit and saying, okay, you got plus three attack, plus three to hit, plus three to wound, and you're doing six damage for a strike. Have fun. And now yeah. you're having nine attacks that are doing six damage. Have Yeah, that unit's gone. It, it, it's a non-feel-good situation Yes, okay. for both players. So, so you're back, to the, you're back to the negative play experience thing, right? Right, right. Okay. So, I mean, I could, I would like to see, and I, and this is part of my what one of my ideas and wish lists is, I would like to see them consolidate the pluses to hit system and the pluses to wounds down to, you can only be affected by maybe one or one source, would be something yeah. nice. So it's like, okay, you can get a plus one to hit, or you can get a plus one to wound, but you can't have both. Okay. You know, you can get a bonus attack, but you can't have then you can't have a bonus to wound. You know, it's one one time. A, basically, you get to buff the unit one time and across the board. But I'd also like to see them reduce the damage scale. Okay, I got you know, a question for I, you. Then. I, okay, here's a question for both you and Chuck. Just a simple yes or no. Would you like to see the mechanics that 40k has come into Age of Sigmar? Because I think that would answer some of your questions. I'm not quite sure what that one is because I haven't really read it. Well, uh, when you talk about like 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 with 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 40k, the mechanic, the, the game mechanics in in 40k, they have uh, you know weapon skill, ballistic skill, you know, uh, you know that that kind of thing. Would would you like to see that kind of a mechanic come into the game? Yes or no? No. Okay. No. All right, no. Chuck. What about you? No, um, no. But I think an easy way to solve it is to just max out the amount of command points you can buff on one unit for one turn. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then, then, then that leads me to my next thing. Let, let's kind of let's kind of mm-hmm. shift the gears here because I'm going to kind of tie together what what you know, Chuck, what you and Justin were saying. Do you guys think that maybe monsters and small combat heroes could get some type of a buff to make them more survivable and viable compared to the, you know, to, to hordes without needing some ridiculous type of a rule? Would you like to see that come into AOS 3.0? Well, monsters need a buff anyway. Point blank, period. Yeah, there's a lot of monsters that are just not very playable. Well, Hero, right. heroes, not so much, but monsters, yes. On another, um, on another I, show, we ought to do like, what's the most and least most playable monsters? We ought to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. The monster that never take show, in this actually. army is yeah. all of them. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we, we, the table. We, we, we've kind of talked about units and we've kind of talked about different stuff like that, but let's, let's go into game mechanics, overall game mechanics. Yep. Uh, I'm going to bring up sure. the, the the proverbial one that everybody seems to you know you know cry in their milk over, uh, double turns. You know uh, how do you guys feel about double? T- okay, so so Justin thinks the double turns need to be gone. Chuck, what say you? Yep. You know, uh, e- yes, and this is why I think because you run into a a double turn, let's say one or two times at a tournament, okay, and one. You either feel horrible because you know exactly what you need to do, how many command points you need to burn in order to wipe those other two units off that you didn't do on the end of your turn that you just had, mm-hmm. okay. or it happens to you, and then you feel like, yep, yeah, you you just had that bad taste in your mouth. And like, with do the I redu- really want to? What? 
No, sorry. Go ahead. I, I had a straight thought. I was going to say, it's like, I, I know I did this to somebody else. I don't want to do it to me. Like, I've intentionally just not taken the double turn because I didn't want to do that to my opponent because I knew that would be game right there. Okay, well, no, you're 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 a hail fellow well met, Chuck. That's all I can say. Yeah. But okay, here here's what I'm gonna say. Keep the damn double turn. Deal with it. Uh, I like it. I really do. I I, I like the double turn. I, I think that it kind of uh, we, you know we were talking about realism in warfare, right? I mean, we were just talking about that earlier in the show. And right. I think that that offers, you know, there's no guarantee in, in in warfare. You know, I think the olden days of Warhammer Fantasy Battles, where you know where you went. I went, you went, I went. I think I think that kind of made the game very chessy. And I like the double turn. I like what the what that does and makes you think. You know, you can't, you know, you have to be there in the moment. But and I get it. I get it. I mean, that seems to be the number one thing that people, you know, debate over as far as a game mechanic is the double turn. And I think I think moreover what they're really talking about is the initiative role. I think that's really what they're saying. Uh, a lot of people yeah. feel that it is a bad mechanic. Um they only think it's a bad mechanic when it's used against them. It's it's like practically orgasmic when you get the double turn. You know, unless of course you're Chuck and you're a gentleman and you want to you know give give the poor slob playing against you the, the opportunity to like you know not go home and jump out a window. But right. I think that I think that it's kind of um, I think it I think it I think it's kind of double edged you know sword. I yeah. mean I would say moreover than the double turn. Now that I think about it, is some type of a like like morale needs to be re- reworked. I would say. Uh, uh, coming from, you know, you know, our conversation briefly touching on, on 40 K, I, I kind of like the new mechanic that they're using, but it's, it's not perfect either. Uh, right. you know, so, uh, but, but I, I think, I think that would, if they if you could adjust one, I think people could learn to live with the other is what I'm, what I guess what I'm trying to say. I'm kind of thinking off the cuff here, but yeah, I, I, I say, keep the double turn. Um, folks out there, uh, kind of, kind of watching the show. What do you guys think? You know, do we keep the initiative role or bag it? What do you think? Um, so what else, guys? I, I, we'll go I, I, I just hate to see what that double turn is going to do on a smaller board. And oh, that's why and that's why yeah, I'm that's saying true. no. Okay. Because a, because a double turn on a smaller table where you're stuck in that much faster, game's going to be over by turn two. Okay. If, if you if you play it right. Okay. And that, that that's a no good feel for any, anybody. Well, maybe they can add personal, is, per, is, personal is, opinion. Isn't there a, a mechanic? Opinion, isn't there a mechanic in 40k right now where you can? And and folks, I apologize if I'm kind of mumbling over my words on the 40k thing, but you know this is an Age of Sigmar show. Um, isn't there a mechanic in 40k right now that you could take the double turn from someone, or is that just the the first initiative roll? I don't believe there's a double turn in 40k. I I'm, I could maybe, be wrong. Maybe can't can you could roll be a wrong. six? If if there's if there's any uh, laser gun forty k, I think out I think you're, I think there's a seize initiative ability. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Right? I yeah, think I that's think what so. it is. I think you can you can attempt to seize the initiative on your opponent. Okay. by rolling a six or whatever, but I don't believe there's a double a double turn mechanic in forty k. And if there was a seize, uh, I could see a seize initiative in AOS. But not a double. I don't like the double turn. A season well, initiative. Thing. I'd be, I'd be about, great for that. When we talk about the double turn, we're really talking about the initiative role. I mean, there's no other right. way to get double turn, right? Right. I mean, and that, okay, and that so. should. And, and that's there needs to be. There needs to be some kind of. If you're going to keep the double turn, personally, there needs to be some kind of uh, degradation to it or something. Like okay. you don't get to use. You don't. You only. You don't get to use as many command points or. Or something, or your unit suffers from being tired, or something. Okay. You know, something, so you guys, something to feed into that realism. What do you guys think of the overall uh, 
speed of the game? I mean, do you think that I'm, I'm not talking about like how long it takes to play a 2000 point game. Uh, do you think that, um, do you think the, the there's, there's a lot of speed and movement shenanigans that may need to be refined? And here's what I mean. You know, uh, when you can launch a unit from one edge of the table to the other, you know, does that feel more like, you know, uh, you know, you know, a, a uh, you know, uh, kind of a kind of a mechanic that probably needs to be rethought about or or do you or, or maybe regale that to a certain type of a spell or something like that i mean what are your thoughts about maneuverability in the game and how do you think the i guess how do you think the smaller board is going to going to affect that truthfully with this new the new smaller board i don't think the maneuverability is going to change what's right. going to change on it is that nine inch drop away from an enemy unit outside of nine inch is going to be a hell of a lot harder to do and to right. pull off so you're not going to yeah. be bouncing units as heavily as you used to. Uh, coming off of table ledges is going to be a lot harder, especially since you're losing two inches off of one side and a foot off the other. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. going to be a lot harder to get whole units like 20, 30-man units that are deep striking or, or or running off or reinforcing from the side. Or hell, Keratin Overlord balloons dropping down out of the heavens, and now they got to find a spot that's completely open with a nine-inch bubble. Or right. 18, I mean, it's going to be a lot tougher with that smaller table. So I don't think they're going to change the speed of it because of the simple fact you'd be able to cover more territory and keep people from doing it. Okay. Personal. All right, Chuck, so, what do you think? You know, I, I think they need to... There needs to be some type of um, mechanic, even with flying units, or something that would inhibit flying units from... Uh, mitigating terrain like come up with uh impassable terrain that you can't fly over that you would have to go around uh because with these smaller board sizes and having armies that already fly and already have a higher maneuverable uh movement rate um i think it's going to be a lot more difficult for those armies to get to them uh seeing as they are more avoidable now than they were before okay um mm -hmm. okay just kind of one of my two thoughts uh and then my second follow-up thought to that is for the base design elements in a new 3.0 book, uh, be able to limit uh, flying so that it can't be stacked similar to those uh, combat abilities and, and melee combat. So, you know, we can't get a unit with a multiple fly buffs. Okay. Uh, it, it get it from one side of the table to the other in one turn. And, ple and please don't have an FAQ where we can't stack flyers or like they did in 40K where people were stacking hovercraft on top of each other on a building. <laughs> okay, I, I do, I do want to bring up one thing too. You know, when, when we talk about realism please. in the game, I do want to talk about one thing. When we talk about realism in the game, I mean, I, I'd like to see a couple of things done with, uh, with, with you know, the flying rules because it, it seems a little mm -hmm. bit unnatural to me. And this is kind of an offshoot, you know, with like, say, Karajan Overlords. It doesn't quite make sense to me that a big ship would come down to the ground and fight a bunch of Ungor raiders. Wouldn't Mean get I low mean, enough to where they can actually hit it with a stick. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I, I think I think there's got to <laughs> be enjoy. Yeah, that, that 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 was just sorry, folks. That was uh, that was that was that was that was, that was the beer hops and the bong resin leaving my brain, and I had a loose thought. But so how about this one? Let's let's talk about this. Lookout, sirs. Right. Um, mm. I, I, how about lookout, sir? Changed uh, to to you know where you're immune to shooting. Would you Would you like to see that, or are you do you like the fact that it's you know just negative one if your if your character is close? What do you think? I, I think I think that if they kept the lookout, sir, with the negative one and made it where he can't be the target priority. 
right. would be a little bit better than just obsoleting him completely. Because if he's stupid enough to be in the very front rank of a unit, yeah, I get the negative one, but you can still shoot him because he's okay. right there. You okay. know, not not being able to just completely okay, he's running the front of the field and he's got 20 guys behind him and, hey, you can't shoot him because he's yeah. got a unit here. It makes no yeah, sense. that's true. Right. I mean, you and know? then look at, look at all not, the armies. We're not, that... not playing Napoleonics here. <laughs> right. I mean, and they're trying to go with, what, true line of sight. So if you can see the right. model, you can still shoot at it. So unless we went to something else like that where it was target priority or good grief, if characters can join units again, that's what grandson of Bahena hey, just said. There, there, there you uh, go. Yeah. So then the all the... <laughs> So on the unit of 30 Ungors that you have are Noblars, right? You know what, Chuck? You are, you are that's really, a, that's a, you are really that's gaining brownie points unit. tonight. Honestly. That's 60 men. Come on. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, grandson of Behemoth, man. I, you know, I would love to see characters join units. I, I really, really would. I mean, I don't know how that would – I mean, that would that would have to change – Look out, sir. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. that would yep. change it dramatically. What I mean, what yes. would that? So let's let's think about this here for a second. It also would change allocational wounds. Yes. Aha. You're right. You're right. So, I mean, I, I guess in a roundabout sort of way, I mean, is it is it inevitable that, you know, the stuff that we want to see brought into AOS 3.0? Do we see ourselves right now seeing the evolution of the game, getting more of that bloat? That you guys are referring to, do we, are, are we going to be back to Warhammer Fantasy Battles again, where you know you need a lawyer and a librarian to to, to play the game? Do you think that'll ever happen? Mm, or do you think there's going to be a concerted effort to keep this thing streamlined? I think it's going to be streamlined and fast paced, but they could still filter some of these rules in and keep that speed. Well, I mean, I, I would, effectively, I would so. effectively adding a hero to a unit and still making it where okay, allocation of wounds and things of that manner, you know, hey. You don't have to put challenges back in. You don't have to put things that single out that hero back in. You right. could just make it to where he now has, you know, a 20 or 30 man buffer around him. And you could you could put a limiter on that. You could say he can only join a unit of up to say 10 guys. You know, it's kind of like the cities of Sigmar with their their abjugates and their uh, their honor guard. The honor guard biggest unit they can have is 20 men and that's basically a walking shield. Okay. So, All right. you could do the same kind of structure and just carry it in. We already see that rule, but the, the hero is separate. Okay. So, all right, Chuck, I'm throwing you on the, on, in, in the barrel on this one. I have a thought. Actually, Chuck, oh. do you have anything you want to add to what you'd like to see with 3.0 before I throw this one at you? No, I mean, I, I think we're kind of grandson of behemoth says we're kind of seeing a rules cleanup. I think we're kind of seeing a, a, a little bit of them dip into from the previous editions that we've had, but uh, not going full bore into what seventh and eighth edition and end times were. Right. And, and I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if we we did see um, characters being able to join a unit of 10 or more. I mean, you're going to have to go along with base size, too, like. They're mm -hmm. not going to allow the dragon to join the archers. I mean, that makes no sense whatsoever, but it does sort of make sense to hide in a unit of, you know, new Stormcast warriors that they bring out with a box set. That's really good. Um, maybe we can paint them blue and call them uh, space marines. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but yep. point being, let me uh, digress here uh, before I get too far into this, is that um, whatever the new rules are, we can't uh, react. We don't want to have that knee-jerk reaction. So let's right. just kind of like take it in slowly. Hopefully we get a little bit of rules leak maybe, you know, towards April, beginning of May, kind of like they do on the Warhammer community site, and we'll get a little bit of clarity going into it, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm, I'm going to throw, throw the whale in the dinghy here and ask you guys uh, <laughs> uh, what your thoughts on this one is. 
So summoning, dun dun dun. Here's the oh, other. Here's the other one that no causes boy. people to get their their undies in a bunch. Uh-huh. So free summon, you know, gone or stay. I mean, if 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 we get rid of it, we don't have games that are generally two thousand points versus three thousand points. Uh, right. But, but what are your thoughts on summoning? Did you like the old mechanic of summoning, where you had to actually have a, the points accounted for, or do you like this current of summoning? What would you like to see happen in Age of Sigmar 3.0 regarding summoning? Okay. I've stunned. Um, no, yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to think of how this would be the best way to answer it. I like the mechanic of being able for certain armies to summon because there's not a whole lot of armies that can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there needs to be a tally or a point limit on it in some respects. And, and I'm not saying that that point needs to come out of your, your army limit, but you know, it's kind of like a sideboard in magic, the gathering or, our, our friend Randy's favorite game, nice you know, tabletop war gaming. Um, I, I, I think that there should be, you know, we have the 400 point ally rule. Mm-hmm. So I maybe, maybe have a 500 point summoning pool that you you can put a 500 point summoning list together it doesn't count towards your points or whatever but then you still have to earn the summoning points as per your book or whatever would state and then you get to pull out of that pool for what you put into that list all right i i I like summoning but it's the one point that i will say i it does need to be refined it does need to be changed because it's kind of bananas right now in the game i mean chuck what are your thoughts on summoning uh, you know, I think we're going to have to really do take a close look at this because it, there needs to be some type of uh, discipline behind it. We we just don't want to have complete thousand point summonings in three turns uh, with some of these books. I think that's just kind of off the charts. So whether or not summoning takes command points so that you have to sacrifice something in order to get it, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Or mm-hmm. like a fixed sidebar that you would bring with you to our normal game of, let's say, 500 points. And then that's what you can allot from as you build points up. I, I think we need to really have like a streamlined approach according to uh, how each battle tome will do this. So it equates evenly amongst the six or seven tomes that do it currently. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like how, you know, certain armies have things built in to bring models on the table. Like, for instance, Beast of Chaos have their Primordial Call. Uh, you know, Slanish has their Pervert Points, uh, whatever that's called. I'm drawing a blank right now. Just We always call it Pervert Points, my gaming group. So I, the Depravity pervert points, points. Depravity Points. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Depravity. Thank you. I, I, I like Pervert Points better, but I digress. Um, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> these armies have these certain certain things that they're able to do, but they have to, it, it's part yeah. of their gameplay mechanic. And I I I, I think armies that I, I honestly I think um, I think that uh, uh, Beast of Chaos probably have one of the better versions of how to do that in my opinion, my humble opinion. Because if you think about what 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 the primordial call points are, is that you know you can either you know, sacrifice, you know, your, your little measly ungors and, you know, get primordial call points. Uh, you can play certain herds and get primordial mm-hmm. call points, but it's not like you're getting a lot of primordial call points. It's not, it's not like you're, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're bringing on, you know, tons and tons of stuff. And I think Slanesh has a pretty good version of their own pervert points. I think they do it kind of right. So I think, I think the, I think the secret sauce is in there somewhere where I think uh, you're going to have, I think the idea of summoning is already being refined, but I, I think mm-hmm. the days of those, you know, 
the game starts at 2,000 points, and then by turn three, it's 2,000 points versus 3,000 points. I think there's definitely right. something a little, a little, a little wonky about that. But, but what do you think, guys? Uh, any, anything else? Would you guys like to? What's your wish list for coming into AOS 3.0? Um, just some more kick-ass armies and rules that make sense that don't make us have to call a rules lawyer every time yeah yeah we we don't we don't want to go back to the days of uh lawyers and librarians chuck what about you man uh i think we we just want to look at um having balanced rules across codexes for as long as possible battle tomes or or what have you right uh a, a real fix to monsters with having them being worthwhile in the game by either adjusting their points or giving them unit strength according to wounds that they start with would be nice okay Mm -hmm. and uh you know potentially revamping scenarios maybe change deployment on how you deploy units so that there's a little bit of uh change in that as opposed to just this is my side that's your side sure one unit each time let's go um you know and that could be you know gotten through maybe we have stratagem cards like in 40k or or something to that effect i like you know yeah yeah it's just it is what it is you get random three you pick one there you go yep um or or your opponent maybe picks it out of the three blindly you know like pick a card Mm -hmm. any card i I, i'd like to see more spell casting capability too in all honesty instead of like the limits of the spell casting that we have where mages are carrying oh one spell but they know four and they can only cast one you know, I, mean, I, I gotta, I gotta yeah. be honest I mean, with you, Justin. Part of me wants to agree with you. I, I, I buddy, just, part of me does. I just, well, I mean, in I simple sense, wanna, I, you know, man, you don't want to go back to even, even eighth edition magic. No, that was freaking. No, 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 no. I'm not talking. I'm not talking eighth edition in magic where you had one wizard casting forty spells. I'm not right. talking that. I'm, I'm, but I am talking like the difference between a level one and a level two wizard, like we used to have. Oh, you know, where, right. well, where a level one wizard could cast one spell while a more powerful wizard, be it a level two or whatever, could cast two. You know, I think that I think that we should be able to cast more spells, but to spell less, you know, in all honesty. And that's just a personal preference of mine where, you know, if you have a wizard mm-hmm. that can cast two spells, they can only dispel one because their expenditure is towards casting, not fighting it off you know i I gotta be honest with you my philosophy on the whole magic thing in the game i kind of like where magic is at right now because magic in my opinion shouldn't be this overpowering thing and let me just finish my point because i can already see you're ready to jump on this one but here's here's my here's my point on this one think think of like lord of the rings right think of lord of the rings Mm -hmm. think of gandalf you know you know there he's not some like overly powerful you know world ending mage you know and, and I, I kind of like that. I kind of like the fact that magic is an accompaniment to what an army can or can't do or a, a party can or can't do. But I, I, I'm afraid, I'm leery of getting into where magic is the end-all, be-all again, like we like we had in the world that was. You know, that, that kind of right. makes me a little, you know, because, I mean, I even think what, what they've done with Teclis right now is kind of tap dancing on the edge there you know the auto the auto casts and things like that i mean but but that's that's my two cents in the tin can on that one as far as magic i, I want to okay. agree with you but i'm a little hesitant on that one okay so taking that into response it, what if they were to change magic to more of having say a higher class or lower class spells where you like arcane missile is a lower cast spell so every wizard you have arcane should be bolt. able to cast it arcane, arcane bolt. bolt right should be able to be cast by every wizard and not just one attempt one cast and done 
you know, Mystic Shield should be multiple cast off of your, all your wizards should be able to cast it without having fear or having it locked down by one wizard casting it. Okay. But like, say something like, you know, um, Pit of Shades or something like that, that's a, that'd be considered a high tier spell that can only be cast once. You know, certain spells should be able to be cast multiple times across all your wizards versus one time all right is well, that, I, I think that's more of long where i'm, I'm trying to get as we don't have to increase the amount of spells being thrown just the types of spells that are allowed to be thrown in succession to each other so if every one of your wizards and say you have four of them wants to throw an arcane bolt across the table then they should all be allowed well, to how about, how about this i think i think this might solve a lot of the woes as far as magic is concerned and then chuck you know tell me what you think what about bringing back uh you know dice pools yeah, maybe. What about I mean, bringing something like that back so that you, you kind, have, kind, you have kind a of, value? Kind of, kind, of, kind of like a command point, but it's a wizard point. Yeah, well, you, like you, you bring back, you bring back, you know, your 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 dice pools to cast and your, you know, your dice pools to dispel. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chuck, what would you, yep. what, how do you think that would do for, for magic in the game? You know, I think if you had magic dice, but it, it's like command dice, uh, that would that would be okay. You, you generate one spell per turn with each mage, you generate another spell so that you can either like save your spells up for like one turn and, and hit your opponent with four or five at a time. Or, uh, you just, you know, you do your one or two per turn, like normal, right. um, mm-hmm. give items to increase that ability. But I think there's a, a good point to it. Like Justin was getting at, you know, if we can, if there's a base couple spells that are not crazy spammable, like reroll failed armor of one reroll something else like minus one to right. hit uh those you should probably be able to cast multiple times if okay. they're not crazy powerful they're just a little bit beneficial well priest and totems can already do it so it's you know, well I, they, I gotta, can, they can bless multiple units with the same abilities so here's a, here's a great comment that just came in on the uh on, on the chats from from agam b i hope i said that right uh how about uh like in 40k where you pay a couple of uh uh, point extras to to have an extra spell. Yeah, I like right. it. I like it. I, that now that that's a pretty good idea. You know, well, where you, where I mean, you, go ahead. I was gonna say we kind of have that ability now with our endless spells and our predatories and all yeah. that kind of thing. Is we buy those, but if you only have a wizard that can cast one spell, you have to choose between your buff spell or your attack spell. True, and that and that's and that's where the problem runs into is it's like. You, it either forces you to have to bring all these unnecessary extra wizards to try to get your endless spells onto the table that sure. you may need, yeah. or yeah. or yeah. you have to sacrifice a different spell for that turn, which you may need. Right. So right. that's why I'm saying is we need to, there needs to be a little bit of tweaking with the magic in terms of what is considered to be multiple castable spell versus you know well, or whatever. All I'm saying know? is. Just a Personal. little, just a little tweak, you know, kind of, nothing major, you know, maybe, maybe just, I don't, just I don't a little, want just a little nipple pinch, little, little yeah, thing, you know, I'm back to the pervert points, you know, slant ash. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So, so, know, so gang out there, out there. Uh, let us know, <laughs> let us know what you want to see for, uh, for Age of Sigmar 3.0 and, and let us know what your thoughts are and what we already know that's, uh, that's coming out for Age of Sigmar 3.0 and, and what we broke here on Grimdark Live first. And, and, you know, coming up, we got the question of the day. You guys remember what the question of the day is? We do. Hey gang, I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. 
But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. We got the question of the day coming up here on, uh, on Grimdark Live, so here it is. Uh, if you guys were with us in the beginning of the show, you know what this is, and but we're going to ask it right now, and and uh, and, and we're, th- we're going to throw our, our resident SOB, we're throwing him right on the stage first, man, with this uh, with this question of the day. So, Justin, you ready, man? Yep. Here's the question of the day here on Grimdark Live. So, given the results of Broken Realms, will Techless have the Lumineth replace the Stormcast as the go-to goodies when the world is in trouble? No. 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 Okay. Please, please tell us. And I know, I know Chuck back there is like cheering you on right now because you said that, but go ahead. Let us know. Because, why. okay. So the reason I'm saying no is one is Teclis's army and the army of Heesh, the high, the new high elves or the Lumineth are an elite army. They are not the poster boys and the poster childs of the realms. Okay. If they were, they would be in the 3.0 starter box for Indominus style set that's coming. Well, they would have Storm- a statue out in front of the, the main headquarters, too, in England. <laughs> Stormcast Eternals are in the main box. They will maintain to be the poster boys of AOS. Okay. And they will be the go-to army because they have the easiest army to get started with and the easiest army to play as of right now. All right. Okay. So so here it is. Chuck, same question back to you. Given the results of the Broken Realms, will Techless have Lumineth replace the Stormcast as the go-to goodies when the world is in trouble. I already know the answer to this, Justin. Here, let, let, let's see what let's see what let's see what he has to say. Go ahead. I I honestly don't think they will, and I think from <laughs> a well, I think from you know let's let's if we already know that Stormcasts are going to be in the debut box set for 3.0 in July or so, um, mm-hmm. we're going to be getting a new chamber and a new faction coming in with probably a battle tome. Right. Uh, we're probably going to see flying dragons and drakes with the Stormcast in that new chamber. They're going to be it. super fast on a sh- smaller table, flying over stuff, killing everything. Mm-hmm. And probably. you know, progress is possible without change and you cannot change the minds without changing something. So we have to change right. something. And that is the new <laughs> chamber of Stormcast. Right. Wow. Yeah, you know, and, and folks, people thought I got sick of talking about nobblers. Yep. <laughs> um, I, sorry, I have to agree with Chuck on that. No, just, I, I, I do too. You know, you know, Chuck, <laughs> again, Chuck makes the good point on the show. Um, he's a show-off, folks. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. I, I think, though, um, I think the Lumineth are going to play a pivotal point in kind of like the uh, – you know the the Doc Holiday, if you will. You know, you know, come out mm-hmm. of come out of nowhere and you know kill the bad guy and save Wyatt Earp, who is the real hero of the whole thing. You know, I, I think that's what's going to happen. I think the Lumineth are going to play that role. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think I think they're going to be kind of like the, uh, you know, the, the Saturday darling. I, I, I think that's what they're going to be. Um, I would like to see something change up a little bit. And, and I want to say this real quick as, as a side note is um, is my only problem with the Stormcast is that when they first came out and, and real quick, Chuck, I want to hear what your thoughts are on this. When 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 they came out real when they came out, there was the other side of the coin there. You had the Bloodbound, a brand new corn bad guy army. And yes. they were kind of tossed to the side. I mean, there's no big statue of a of a you know a a bloodbound you know corn guy out in front of the, the main yes. office. I mean, I mean, so that that's my whole point. It's like I know that's the flagship army, but I think right now that the Lumineth are definitely going to have their day with this one. So biding their time. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, let us know what you think. You know, given the results of the Broken Realms, will Teclis have the Lumineth replace the Stormcast as the go-to goodies when the world is in trouble? So, I don't know. It's it's, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting to see. I wonder how much... I wonder if there's going to be corrupted Stormcast. What do you think? Maybe? Deathcast. Yeah, we've talked about that before, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Can't keep a soul pure forever. <laughs> Grandson of Behemoth. I make... That's I good. Make, it could- I make one Doc Holiday comment, and he he says, "I'm your Heishberry." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I've often referred to him as a Dingleberry. I'm kidding. Okay, uh, and you know we got the closing thoughts tonight, Chuck. You're on, man. So you know I just want to kind of do a closing thought with uh, all of the Age of Sigmar 3.0 release coming out. Uh, we're all kind of gearing up for it. And honestly, you know, we've got a lot coming through, a lot that we're going to have to adjust to. Um, With a new edition, we can't be surprised by a few things here and there. You know, all games go through modifications and we all adjust to a game Mm -hmm. that we love and like. Uh, So let's be ready for change and even welcome change as it comes. The game will be quicker, might be faster paced. But hopefully we have more entertaining games. There's going to be no sitting down. There's going to be reactions that you have to do on their turn because we've got charge reactions coming into play. Uh, And like I was kind of getting at before, you know, we need to stop looking for happiness in the same place that we lost it, which is AOS 2, because the new happiness is going to be AOS 3.0. Yep. Love it, man. Love it. I like bad happy. All right, bad good happy. stuff, man. Bad happy? What's bad happy? Well, <laughs> hang out with me on a Saturday night. That's bad happy. All oh, right. that's bad. That's when I drive. So- <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's all good. And and you know what? Um, what a great show. I mean, we really talked about a lot of stuff and a lot of, a lot of mind, you know, kind of like uh, mind soaking stuff. You know, we we know what's coming out for Age of Sigmar three point and mm-hmm. we know what's. Uh, uh, what we'd like to see, but a uh, great show. And that's a wrap folks. And all of our grimdark goons. And I'd like to thank uh, all of our listeners, all you awesome people out there for another great show. And we look forward to having you back next time. We discuss all things related to dice, dragons, demons, and dwarves in the Warhammer world. So please don't forget to join us next Tuesday, folks at seven 30. Also, please don't forget to like, or subscribe to our channel. If you haven't already done so, or follow our podcast and gang until we meet again, remember roll them dice, fun and fair. And don't be a frickin' short pants. Bye. Night, everybody. Good night. night. From Dark Live, we'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants.
can get your Grimdark Live fix on on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com, and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Hey, who are you calling a short pants? <laughs>